welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. And with me today is my co-host, Mark Salcedo. Did you forget your name? <laughs> I, 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 I thought about doing something funny, but then I thought my name in, in itself is funny. So, yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. I know. Uh, managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek. <laughs> You know what I think about that sound? What? You know, that's just the sound you make because all the cruelty tears you apart after a while. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just my throat is just dry from crying for hours and hours. That's where your tears come. Your throat. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, they 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 come out of your throat and they go up. <laughs> they crawl, they go up your sinus and then they come out your tear ducts. <laughs> they battle against gravity and like, no, we're coming out the tear ducts. Yeah. Mm. That's how manly men cry. Yeah, that's what man cry. We cry from our throat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds so wrong. <laughs> um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Real Appeal, Two E's and Real. And you can email us at the G- at the Gmail. <laughs> Hit us up at the Gmail. What the Gmail? What? <laughs> Completely, for, you know, skipped over the real appeal at Gmail dot com. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the Gmail podcast. <laughs> you can email us at the Gmail dot com. <laughs> okay, where? Uh, if you could review us on iTunes, and then we'll get noticed, and mm-hmm. then you know more people will listen to our trash um <laughs> oh we got trash today we got good trash yeah <laughs> um and then our segments for this week are the news our recent review of the suicide squad our variety time our final berserk tribute episode and our geriatric cinematic of Tremio and juliet what's our topic <laughs> one person's trash is another one's treasure gotta <laughs> love it <laughs> Yes, the 1996 uh, trauma film. I actually, I've waited so. I, I've been wanting to show Kelsey this movie for so long, but I was like, mm, yeah, I feel like I feel like I have a right occasion to show this movie. Because <laughs> you were like, I think you wanted to redeem yourself after like Meet the Feebles. Not that that wasn't a good film. I, look, look, look. You but, say redeem myself. I said I did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean redeem yourself. No, I know. You know what I meant. I know. I know. God trying to make it so dramatic <laughs> that's what i am i'm more dramatic than you oh my god my back i sat you down you are more dramatic than me you say i'm like dark and shit i am but like you're constantly making faces yeah <laughs> um so i think i'll take the news because i have no idea what the second article is about okay uh yeah what's what's going on in the news um louis guzman is going to play Gomez Adams in Tim Burton's Wednesday series. Mm. Is Tim Burton still alive? Yeah, he's only like 50-something years old. He's not exactly I swear to God, I thought he was like in his 80s or some shit. No, he just looks the part. Well, plus his name sounds really old and weird. Like <laughs> like it should be like, like a candy company or something. <laughs> when he was born, they gave him the name... Uh, his last name, Burton, and automatically they gave him a AARP card. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Oh, what's up? I, this I don't know why this thing is like loose. My charger it always pops oh, okay. out. All right. Anyway, um, 
So, Rising Star, Jenna Ortega, I guess mm-hmm. she was in Yesterday, You, and Scream. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to play Wednesday Adams, and Guzman is going to be like the eccentric father. Yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. Um, Gomez Adams. I, I was like, is it Adams Gomez or Gomez Adams? Yes, Go- Gomez Adams, that was famously played by uh, Raul Julia yeah. in the Adams Family movie. Um, the more recent. So, I think. Like, it's mostly going to follow, excuse me, it's mostly going to follow Wednesday Adams. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess he's going to be like a regular occurrence, but it's not really going to follow him. Yeah, yeah, because I heard, well, obviously within the title, this, I, from what I heard, this is, it's just all going to be about her. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was the synopsis that I had found for it? Uh, it says, it looks like it's going to be about, wow, supernaturally infused mystery. Okay. Uh, with Wednesday, Wednesday Adams years as a student at the Nevermore Academy. Um, I'm like mildly interested into this sh- uh, series because I grew up watching the Adams Family. Not even just the movie, but like the old black and white uh, TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I feel like I feel like this show is like the one thing Tim Burton's been waiting to do for like all his life is like, yes, I finally get to do an Adam's family story. I don't know. I feel like this is like Sabrina 2.0. Really? <laughs> Did you ever watch that Sabrina show? Yeah. What did you think of it? I, I, I never watched it, but I heard it was like fucking great. Like people love that show. I understand why people love the show. Yeah. The more, the recent one, the, like the Netflix one, mm-hmm. not the one that was on like well, I like I loved that one too, but oh, okay. I, I am talking about the Netflix one. Yeah. Um I like the actress. Mm-hmm. I thought she did a great job. I like where they took the series as far as like the tone of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy It was I don't feel like they blended the serious tone and the like the teenage stuff teenage angst and shit like that they didn't they didn't blend that stuff very well okay, like okay. Uh, and it was a little camp too campy for me like mm. i like camp but it's gotta be done right mm-hmm. i i don't feel like it was done right but i know i'm in the minority okay um but yeah this just feels like sabrina 2.0 to me okay all right, um, all right. so wednesday so that's gonna come out mm-hmm and um they've cast Catherine zeta jones as morticia yeah this this has been this was announced announced like the day of this recording that they that Catherine zeta jones is going to play morticia mm-hmm. um and that, you know and i think that's a great choice yeah i'm st- i think everyone's still scratching their heads about um luis guzman okay now see i i was of that mindset of like wait why Luis guzman you know like why why that dude i'm not understanding why they're casting him and the reason why i thought about that was because i'm so used of like i said raw julia as gomez adams john astin as uh the 1970s uh tv show um the adams family however i just remembered there was a cartoon of the adams family Luis guzman actually looks more like gomez adams like short and stocky and like tan and shit like that. Yeah, I could see that, but he's still supposed to be, I guess, like a level of like Charm. suave. And yeah. I just don't see suave in him. Yeah, he looks like he would be like somebody's uncle who probably like maybe drinks a little too much. 
<laughs> who you're never quite entirely sure if he's a pedo or not. <laughs> you know, that's I'm what not I, gonna, I get. I'm, I get those vibes off him. I'm not gonna say that. I like that guy because I've seen that dude in plenty of other stuff. He comes off as a super nice guy. I don't mean in real life that yeah. that I think that, but I'm just saying that's what he looks. Yeah, like. that's like the vibe you're getting from him. From like a picture, just like oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm more looking at And like, I know he's a good actor. I've seen him in great stuff. Yeah, they did this really great uh, plot line in Community about uh, Luis Guzman, like, getting a statue, like a bronze statue made of him. But, like, there was, like, a mix-up. They didn't think it was, like, that Luis Guzman. They thought it was, like, someone else. Uh-huh. And he, like, showed up, and, like, the dean was like, Luis Guzman, why are you here? And he goes, they're making a statue of me, right? He goes, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, she's gonna join the cast. And mm. then, um, so the Smallville duo, I'll, I'll go and Miles Millar, who they, they created Smallville, mm-hmm. um, they're gonna be showrunners and they're also, um, creating it. Yeah, yeah. It so it's like eight episodes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's gonna, it's gonna be an eight, an eight episode, uh, first season i mean this might be the only season and we don't know you know how netflix is they'll have something they'll be like oh, okay well, yeah we'll, maybe we'll get a second season and then people will be like something will be popular think and they think like oh they're definitely get another season it gets canceled like out of fucking nowhere and shit so we'll, we'll just see how it goes we'll see how it goes all right want to get on to the next one yeah 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 so i'm actually kind of stoked about this because i i really enjoyed the first one Hold um, on. before you continue hmm there's a part, because I read this earlier, when you okay. told me to read it before we record. Yeah. There's a part in the quote that made me laugh out loud. For, for this next story? Yes. Okay, all right. So, apparently, Chronicle 2 is Chronicle, the uh, 2013 film, is getting a sequel. It's going to be female-led, and it's going to be set 10 years after the original. Um so in a recent interview with Forbes, producer John Davis revealed that Chronicle had become like a, it was actually very lucrative uh, when it was first released. It, out of like a $20, $12 million budget, it grossed over like $126 million. And this is like, this is the movie that like launched uh, Josh Train's career, uh, Michael B. Jordan's, jo- Michael B. Jordan had been acting for a while, but this is the one that like got him notice. Hmm. Um, and I, I actually really, really did like this movie. Um and so, like, Davis had confirmed that there is one in the works with a fresh cast of uh, young women. Uh, he said, we're working on Chronicle 2 right now, and I think it's going to be great. We're working on <sighs> That's why he started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> he said, this is what he said. We're working on it at Fox. Fuck. Oh, no, that's not why I started laughing. Uh, he says, we're going to tell it from the female point of view. These are young women just finishing school. They are empowered, and this is their journey. This I, is the sentence right here. <laughs> I mean, what a new interesting story you can tell there. Because <laughs> no one's ever done that. No one's ever talked about three women in college. Charmed yeah. definitely doesn't exist. <laughs> at all. I know. No one did. What, what movie about female empowerment? Wait, what? What? This is what? only the 21st century. <laughs> that, that's like way too far advanced for us. Um, oh, granted. Of like course he's working with Fox. He said stupid shit like yeah, that. And, uh, yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, I remember the, the first Chronicle movie was Fox. But see, it was like an, ind- it was like an independent film. So Fox was like, we don't care. <laughs> but see, Fox is involved. Even though Fox is underneath the Disney umbrella, 
it might not be bad. Um, the reason why I say it might not be bad is because a movie that we're reviewing next week was is under the Fox umbrella, and that movie's actually not bad at all. To like watch. And yeah, they're probably going to do better now since yeah, Disney since, has to have some control over something that they buy. Yeah, yeah, they have like some level of control, especially if like if Fox can see the uh, if yeah Fox and Disney can see the potential with this. This is like the this movie is like the closest thing we've ever gotten to like a live action Akira film. Really? Yeah, like at the end of the movie, it's just like oh shit, that's straight up Akira. Like the stuff that just starts happening. Mm. The only thing is missing is like nobody's screaming like Tetsuo Kaneda. Like that's the only thing that's missing <laughs> from it. Um, so yeah, you wanna you wanna take the next story? Yeah, um, AMC Theaters and Warner Brothers have agreed to shorten theatrical window. So and that's funny. We were just talking about this last week. And. We've been talking about it since they've done it. Because remember you said, oh, yeah, I think this is going to be a regular thing. Yeah. They're, they're not going to go back to waiting for things to be released. Yeah, yeah. And then they did. Because it doesn't make any sense not to. Yeah, I know. It's Hollywood. <laughs> fucking flipping as shit. Um, yeah, so, like, I think they're starting to maybe see mm. they're losing money. I, which we were like, you're going to fucking lose money. I think, I don't, like... I feel like something that happened with the Suicide Squad. I mean, this is something that's been. It seems like this has been in talks for a while, because um, apparently, what's going on is that uh, Warner Bros. and AMC have worked out a deal where, at the twenty twenty their twenty twenty slate of uh, film, they're gonna. There's a forty five day window, exclusive forty five day window, which is something that Paramount Plus uh, Paramount has been doing for their Paramount, Paramount Plus streaming service. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this had been in the works and they had to get this out because of the numbers that came back for the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. Because then didn't they release it simultaneously? They did simultaneously. But they only made like thirty million or something like that, I thought I read somewhere. Yeah, like over the weekend, like that movie that should have done gangbusters, like a uh, grand it's a DC film, but uh, like you watched it five times. <laughs> four. You and said I, four. And then you came over and watched it again. No, no, that was three. At that time, I had three times. Oh. Okay. However, I was tempted to watch it again today. <laughs> like, at least have it in the background <laughs> while I was working. Um, so, uh, what else? What else? So, yeah. So, this this kind of, this deal kind of comes off the back of, like, Warner Brothers coming up with a similar plan for Cineworld and Regal uh, Cinemas back in April. Um, Kelsey, you want to take the next line? Yeah, so um, the CEO of uh, AMC, Adam Aaron, has said it's no secret that AMC was not happy when Warner Bros. announced all of its 2021 movies. A slate that ranges from Space Jam and New Legacy and Dune to The Matrix 4 would premiere simultaneously on HBO Max, the company's budding streaming service. And he continued by saying that AMC could add at least 10 new venues to its circuit, eight of which are leases formerly operated by Pacific Theaters. Last month, AMC took over two of the shuttered chain's most popular venues, the Grove in Los Angeles and Americana at Brandon Glendale. I thought they took over... Cinema World? I mean, uh, Cinerama the um, n- No, they haven't. Um, it feel- I read that somewhere. Yeah, no, I, I know, like, they're working out a deal with them, but it, it hasn't been, like stamped that it's like all right we're, we're taking over the cinerama dome gotcha the new locations include other california venues as well as theaters in chicago and atlanta it's especially gratifying that warner bros is yet again emerging uh, embracing a theatrical window aaron said for us at amc it's especially pleasing to be working so harmoniously with warner brothers once again 
Um, and then he added, we're in active dialogue with every major studio on this topic. We're hearing considerable support that an exclusive theatrical window is an important way to build a successful movie franchise. So, like, from from the sound of it, it looks like we're going back to the, uh, whole, well, I mean, if things get better, like, they kind of are not. <laughs> um, we'll probably be, they'll probably be, like, a lot of students will be taken up on this. Um, I know that they're doing, like, I'm kind of on the fence. Like, I'm really happy that they're doing the 45-day window. First mm-hmm. of all, I don't think that's too long or too short. Because I remember we'd have to wait three months for a movie to come yeah, out on, like, DVD months, yeah. or VHS or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that time, you forgot about the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I didn't see that. I guess I'll rent it now or something. Yeah. Um, but my issue is that, re- I don't know if you remember this or if mm-hmm. it even crossed your mind. Okay. But we've been to Regal recently. Yeah. Do you remember when they wouldn't allow us into the theater? Okay. Because they were cleaning? Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like they're doing that anymore. Oh, like oh, like wiping down the surfaces and stuff Nothing. like that. Nothing like they even before the pandemic, they'd go in with like their mm-hmm. you know their fucking you know the trash cans on the dollies. Yeah, yeah. And go and clean and everything, and it's like the movie ends, mm-hmm. and like people are walking out, mm-hmm. and we're walking in. Um, I, I I I won't I can't say that like that's not entirely true i know that the whole like wiping down thing like the like pandemic level wiping down i know that's that's slowed down like substantially because even the cdc is like hey that's that's not as helpful as you think it is and stuff like that so obviously amc wants to like or other theaters they want to like uh cut down off that um but as far as people cleaning up that still is a normal thing with theaters like like even when we went to see the green knight i remember people waiting um the workers like waiting to like clean up or when i saw like suicide squad in the theaters yeah with maybe Leia. they're just faster about it than some, some of them were fast some of them were like slow as fuck like yeah. doing it but like they they still do do that gotcha yeah. um i <laughs> like yay but it still kind of sucks because i feel like this is gonna hurt dune and the matrix 4 because like i think like do you think they need longer than 45 days no 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 Cause no, because like Dune's coming out this year. This isn't taking effect until next year, and and uh, what's the homeboy's name? Dennis Villeneuve. Like, like from what from what I'm seeing the trailers, Dune's gonna be like a fucking like spectacle, and he has like this three picture idea for like Dune, and I want him to to complete it. Like how he had like he had uh, I think like a sequel idea for Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and he couldn't complete it because it didn't do well at the box office. When is Dune coming out? In October. Then he can push it three months to the next year. That's the thing. He doesn't. That's the thing. Some of these these um. They're locked in. Yeah, some of these. Yeah, some these dates are locked in. That's another thing that like a lot of people don't understand is like studios they lock in dates years in advance. We have to. We want to be out at this day because. So and so is not going to be like Warner Bros. is going to be here or Disney's is not going to be here. We want to like have the playing field. Yeah, like nobody clear. puts anything on Christmas because it's fucking Star Wars Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was like a normal thing, you know. Um, so like pushing Dune back again, it's like fuck. Okay, like we got to wait for that again, you know. Um, and I highly doubt Warner Brothers is going to want to push it back or push it further out because they want to get this stuff out. Like, well, I don't know what they got out for their slate, but if they push it out further, it's going to, like, fuck up that slate again. Well, I think part of the issue is 
they're excuse me they're putting too much emphasis on mm. revenue yeah and not enough on viewership well i mean like it's a business it's all about revenue i know that. it is but if you're gonna make a decision yeah based off of like we're gonna lose money because we don't because we want people to have the choice yeah if you're losing money mm. you're essentially making mm. everybody else involved with the film take the hit Mm-hmm. So if it's not a success in the movie theater because you simultaneously released it mm-hmm. and they're not making like as much money, I don't think they should negate its success. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I get you. I get you. Because there are still plenty of people who are like, I don't care what movie comes out. I'm not watching it in the theater. Yeah, that that is true. Um, yeah, because I think they kind of operate on the premise that if it's a movie they want to watch, they'll come watch it. And that's just not true. Yeah. And then, like I said, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Like, if they... Honestly, my bet is we're going to do another lockdown because... Everyone's talking about that. Yeah. And, like, Warner Brothers might be like, well, we could push it, but but then again, it might be a lockdown. We might not be able to get the date again or some shit like that. So yeah. I think they're kind of like, it's there. Fuck it. Like, just let it go. Yeah, I'm just saying that they shouldn't make him take the hit on yeah. if it's a success or not just based off of money when they should just be looking at viewership. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true if they're going to make that choice, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so anything else? No. All right, what do we got next? We're going to do our recent review of The Suicide Squad. you got to be kidding me. You're going to risk the entire mission for a mental defective dress as a court jester. This is coming from a guy that wears a toilet seat on his head. We don't leave one of our own behind. Hopefully Harley's still alive. No funny business, Colonel. These are dangerous people. Team two is clear to go. Fire up. Three, two. What are you guys doing? What? You, we're, we're here to save you. You were gonna save me? It was a really good plan, too. Well, I can go back inside and you can still do it. That's patronizing. I'm so sorry. Harley Quinn. Bloodsport. You know the deal? successfully complete the mission you get 10 years off your sentence you fail to follow my orders in any way and i detonate the explosive device in the base of your skull so this is the famous suicide squad Any questions? Hand. Yes, that is your hand. Very good. We're all gonna die. I hope so. Oh, for fuck's sake. Supervillains Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at Bell Reeve Prison join the super secret, super shady task force at X as they are dropped off at the remote, enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. Written and directed by James Gunn, it stars Viola Davis, Joel Kinnaman, Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Daniela Melchior, and David Dachel Dalmatian. So John Cena was in this? I didn't see him. I didn't see him either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got that out of the way. <laughs> um... Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> you want to you wanna go first or you want me to go first? Well, first I have to say, huh. you know, 
I know it was probably weird of me to say his last name like that, but my brain's kind of fried right now. It's hot. <laughs> but, like, I didn't look at what was right next to his name of what character he played. Uh-huh. And I just called him Dalmatian. Oh, because it's Polka Dog Man. <laughs> worked out. Worked out. Perfect. <laughs> He'd be the most colorful Dalmatian. Yeah, so many colors. <laughs> um, he grows Orbeez. Oh, my God. Uh, and bingo markers. So what do you think of this movie, Kelsey? <laughs> <laughs> I like this movie. You did. I know I, we, we talked. I like look. You know how I am. Uh huh. Part of it is the experience of watching it with someone for me. Uh huh. And like this was perfect because we were like drinking, we were like pausing it and having like really deep conversations <laughs> about friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like I mean, this movie is it's. It's, it's it's an experience and not like uh, okay okay i don't want to oversell it it's a good movie it's a really good movie and like i'm i'm actually really glad that it is a good movie because it's james gunn and i really enjoy that dude's work um another thing is because i was really looking forward to the suicide squad from like 2016 i think it was and i, I got uppercut so much and disappointment from that movie so seeing this, I was like, okay, this is it. This is the Suicide Squad movie I fucking wanted. Thank you for doing this completely. And <laughs> Thank you, Disney, for, you know, being an asshole and firing yeah, fire James Gunn. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Warner Brothers like, holy shit, we got to get him right, right now, right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it's like, a, that's another, it's, like a, it's a DC film. DC has kind of been on a slow upswing when it comes to their property. Um, I remember Kelsey and I saw Birds of, Birds of Prey. We actually really enjoyed it. Uh, Shazam was like was fun. It wasn't too bad. Um, and uh, I also heard that James Gunn has other projects in the works with DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can't remember who said it, but some studio exec at Warner Brothers is like, yeah, James Gunn's gonna do like another DC movie for me for us. Which is a- after he does Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yeah, I-, I imagine he's just gonna you know bounce back and forth between the two properties. Yeah. Well, I think I think I remember her- remember him saying that after Guardians three, like he's done. Like with Marvel, he's not going to do anything for Marvel anymore, and oh. and that, that's not like that's not because of like a uh, like they had they broke up like uh, with they like, broke up and got back together again. <laughs> yeah, they broke yeah, up. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, not like oh he's tired of this shit. He like a director they sometimes they don't want to stick around for so long. Like he's already done three movies. But Marvel. they've all been Guardians of the Galaxy. What if, what if he did something different for them? Well, that's the thing. He, I think he, he can't really do anything different for Marvel because Marvel's not doing R-rated films. Like oh. DC, like like, and he's like perfect for DC. Yeah, because like DC wants to DC, they wanted to do that R-rated type film. Like they did it with like uh, I can't remember the director's name, but the guy who did uh, Joker that was R-rated. Mm-hmm. And so like David Ayer. No, David Ayer is uh, Suicide Squad. Oh. Um, I thought he did Joker, too. <laughs> fuck, no. <laughs> oh, wait. What's his name? I remember. I know who he is, but I like I know his name has, like, Philip in it or something. Uh, oh, Todd Phillip. That's the guy's name, Todd Phillip. Um, so, so, Kelsey, what did you think? What did you think of this film? It, what, what stuck out for you or anything that you like? You mean other this? than Sean Gunn? <laughs> <laughs> Sean Gunn is two, in his multiple roles. Yeah. Um... A few things stuck out for me that I liked about the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the attention that they gave the characters mm-hmm. that didn't move so fast. 
like the first Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, yeah. Like of its own merit, not even just comparing it to that one, but like that's always really important. And sometimes any film doesn't pay attention to it. Like mm-hmm. it could be any franchise or any one off. Like it's not just relegated to the old Suicide Squad. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. They did a really good job with, like, building character and building relationships. And then also, what the heck was, for me, it's like, they chose some really weird things to add to their movies. And and mm. I'm going to bring Marvel into it. Okay. Like, you know how they built their whole entire world off of, like, mm. almost, like, unknowns. Yeah. Um, or like things that shouldn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, like like I'll throw I'll throw one at you. Like how Iron Man mm-hmm. before uh, Iron Man came out in what two thousand six two thousand eight. Yeah, before Iron Man came out, no one cared about that character. Like he was a C level character. Yeah. And now he's like, oh yeah, two thousand eight. Yeah, now like that like launched like Robert Downey Jr.'s career and John Favreau's career is like untouchable right now. Yeah. Um. So. So, yeah, that's what I was... That's what I'm saying about mm. um, this, just this film in particular. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't know what's in the future for any of these people, but, like, mm. there's that one guy in the beginning who just, like, they called him TDK. <laughs> like, that was kind of... Like, they had all yeah. these weird things that they put together that shouldn't work, uh, but it did. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, um, the weasel. Yeah, the character weasel. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have worked out like it. Like it, he, I know. He yeah, that shouldn't have worked out. Or like, like you just think about the main characters, right? Like Ratcatcher, mm-hmm. who gives a shit about a fucking person who can talk to rats? Mm-hmm. Or like, mm-hmm. Polka Dot Man. Mm-hmm. Like none of this shit should work, and I like that they made it work. Like they yeah. did that, yeah, and and that goes. I think that goes into like Gun James Gunn's talent as like a writer and as as a director. Because when well, like when Guardians of the Galaxy was uh, coming out, even I was like, they're doing that fucking team. Like like <laughs> even I have like a barely a passing knowledge of Guardians of the Galaxy. Other than that, there's a talking raccoon, there's a guy with like an element gun and a giant fucking tree. tree. Yeah, and I was like, that's it. But it fucking worked. <laughs> and like I said, it. I think that's why. Like I like, I think that's why. Uh, because from what I heard, uh, Warner Brother was like, "Hey, we want you to do, we want you to do whatever you want to do," you know. But they were still kind of pushing him, like, "Can you do like a Superman movie?" But he was like, "No, no, let me just do something." And he's the one who pitched uh, Suicide Squad. But he's not gonna do um, the thing that mm. what's his name is doing. Who? The uh, Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he's oh, probably build a universe. he's probably not going to do that. Like I think everyone was hoping that he will, mm-hmm. and I know he probably cares a lot about DC as many people do, and, yeah. and I and I still do, even though they disappoint me time after time after time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said it too. Like he said, he's never going to work with Marvel. Yeah, because he wants to move on. I feel like he's probably going to do the same thing with DC. So you can't really place any bets that they're gonna do really really well like mm-hmm, yeah. marvel did in the long run because they don't have a kevin feige still i wouldn't be surprised if if wb tries to push him up to be their 
their Kevin Feige. I know that they probably will try, but I don't think he's gonna stay. Oh, yeah, yeah. like stay the distance. Yeah, because he's like more. He's more of a creator. He's like, I want to make film. I want to do this. I don't want to stick to one project. But maybe they could ask him to help them find someone. Oh, I don't doubt that. They like Christopher Nolan did the the Batman movies, and like that was it. Mm-hmm. But like you still see his name as like producer because he's still like throwing ideas at them and shit like that. But it didn't help them. <laughs> well, because fucking Zack Snyder was there. That's why. Christopher <laughs> He's Nolan's- still executive producer. He was fucking executive producer on Suicide Squad. Just a, I might guess just a name. <laughs> just a name. I bet you he was like, we guys should do this. You guys should do this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, to make the bots happy. Yeah, 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 sure, Zach. Yeah, here, let's put the phone right there. Go, go keep talking. And like, that's it. <laughs> um so okay, so as you were saying, like the way how he like how you said like these characters shouldn't work, but that they, they do work. Mm-hmm. Um, even like the f- even like the oh first- the fucking the fucking shark. Oh, King Shark. Yeah, you didn't have that on the list of. Oh yeah, King Shark, who was voice who was voiced by uh, Sylvester Stallone and does and Steve Agee does the mo mocap work ah. for the King Shark character. Um, yeah, like the, that, like, and I, and that's the thing. I, I think that's why I had so much hope for this movie because this was essentially like another Guardians of the Galaxy, just more vulgar, yeah, and like less space, <laughs> like a little less space, a little less space, you yeah, know? yeah. Um, but like, oh, and then Starro. Yeah, so that's that's just like a little less space, like. No less space. I know. I'm saying that's another thing to me is like, who thinks of that as a villain? Oh, Starro the Conqueror. Yeah, 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 like exactly. that's a weird. Like I still can't really wrap my head around it. Yeah, like I, like I'm familiar with that character, but not like to the point where I was like, oh yeah, Star Wars back, oh fuck yeah. And their fucking CGI work, and <laughs> the one thing that it did with its arm, and I was like, oh, that's so gross. <laughs> um, so okay, so uh, anything from the from the performance that you can uh, mention, something that stuck out. Um, everyone loves Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And I love Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. but I'm very happy that it wasn't a Harley Quinn centric Suicide Squad. Yeah, we already had like kind of like two of those movies already. Yeah, um, she's great, but mm-hmm. I just feel like she makes more of an impact if she's not in every single scene. Mm-hmm. And they did that here, yeah. and so I really liked her performance and her her arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also liked. Uh, Colonel Rick Flag. Oh, Joe Kinnaman's character. Yeah, didn't we see him in the other one? Yeah, he was in the he's in the um, David Ayer Suicide Squad as well. Okay, I feel but, like, but much much less likable. That's what I was saying. He's yeah. much less of an asshole. Yeah, which I like. Like, he was written so poorly in the other one. I was like, why is he such an asshole? <laughs> like, there is no point. Uh. And now he, like, in this one, he makes more sense. Yeah, he, yeah. Like, he could be hard-nosed when he needs to for a reason, but he does care about everybody. Yeah, and, like, to me, like, the two, the two like, shining stars of these movies is um, Idris Elba's Bloodsport and Daniela uh, Melchior. 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 Um, I really love the dynamic between those two. Me too. I really love the fact that, like, she could have been an easy, like, target as, like, oh, she has daddy issues, but she doesn't. So the issues really fall on 
on Idris Alba's character, like what he's going through and him mm-hmm. not being him being the reluctant leader and then like him and his issues with his daughter like i love the beginning where he just like screaming fuck you at his daughter i know for like 30 seconds like oh fuck that's (laughs) woo, that's real life holy shit (laughs) um i also really enjoyed uh david dasha malchin the guy who played i think it's dust malchin yeah the guy who played polka dot man i've seen him in like a bunch of different stuff uh, and he's always been like just kind of like the quiet character in the background or the one who's just kind of like weird or some shit like that. And he was here too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this one, it was like his arc was really, I guess you say it was really sweet because of like his mother issues that he has and like that, like what he yells at the end of near the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's like, like I felt it when he was screaming like what he was. I was like, fuck yeah, dude, that's what you are. Yeah. Fucking be proud of yourself. Do that. <laughs> okay. Like, stuff happened <laughs> after. <laughs> yeah. Um, one but thing, at least he got that. Yeah, at least he got that. Uh, one person who, I mean, of course, of course she was just going to fucking kill it. But she killed it even more. Was fucking Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. I loved her in this. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I agree with you with Idris Elba and Daniel Melchior. And that is easily my favorite favorite relationship out of the whole film Mm -hmm. and then also peacemaker and um oh john cena's peacemaker yeah yeah peacemaker and colonel rick flag yeah those two characters i like their kind of juxtaposition yeah yeah. without giving anything away um but viola davis Mm -hmm. like i feel like in the first suicide squad she didn't know if she wanted to be good or evil Mm mm-hmm and I really like her in this movie because she chooses a side. Yeah, like here, she's like a fucking bitch in well, this she, movie. She is so fucking awful, but like good awful. You know, <laughs> yeah. like like hurt me more, you know? <laughs> there's there's one part, this is not gonna be a spoiler, but there's like one particular scene at the beginning, um, where she like is she's saying something to Itch's Alba to like to make him do what she wants him to do and this way how she like delivers that it's like so fucking cold and like callous and just like they even like cut the camera to like steve agee's face like what the fuck <laughs> and i'm just like oh my god this woman's fucking terrible it's kind of like i mean obviously when i yell at my kids yeah well yeah that too but like <laughs> it kind of it kind of remind me not like not to this full extent but it just remind me of that scene in uh and uh, Star Wars um, Rogue Squadron. Uh, no, sorry, Rogue One. Rogue One. And Rogue One where, like, Darth Vader shows up in the third act. And he's, like, a fucking badass. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God, that's a badass Darth Vader. Like, we've always wanted. Like, that line that she's, that uh, Amanda Waller says is, like, okay, that's the fucking threat. That's the Amanda Waller I want to, like, threaten, like, with all this power and shit like that. Yeah, exactly. So I thought... I thought her performance was, like, great in this movie. Me too. Um, okay. So, you want to get into the uh, spoiler section? Yes. All right, cool. Um, cue it up. I know I shouldn't say it, but I feel like saying it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to be squeaky. I know, Cue right? it up. <laughs> so, we're going to uh, hop into our spoiler section for uh, the Suicide Squad. You know, this is where we go in great lanes. We talk about it in great detail, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, so, if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. 
for those of you who don't know, I fucked you know. up like three times. I fucked up the cutest spoiler bumper. Yeah, Mark cut it out, but I just want you to know he had to push the button four or five times. He was like, "Oh fuck, oh fuck." Yes, I was like, "Fuck." All right, all right, all right, all right. Um, so let's let's talk about. I want to talk about James Gunn's uh, direction, like how he, how he, how he delivered this spectacular fucking film. Um. So one thing I just one, like one thing that you can know that this is going to be a different Suicide Squad movie is not like at the beginning where like the first team is like obliterated on the beachfront. Mm-hmm. It's the part where Michael Rooker's character is bouncing the ball and he throws the ball and hits the bird and yeah. they don't like cut away. No, they show the bird making contact, the ball making contact with the bird and like blow like. Bah! He just wipes it on his pants. Yeah, and I remember when I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be fucking bloody. <laughs> like, <laughs> if that's going to be your first death, this innocent little bird, that means you can only you can only go so low. <laughs> I mean, you can only go lower. Like, yeah, after exactly. That. Other than, like, shooting babies and stuff. They didn't do that, though, but. Well, they kind of alluded to it, though. They didn't show it, but they're like, yeah, women, when, when, fuck. What, weasel? Men, women, and children. I was trying to say, when women and wildren or some shit. <laughs> consonant for men okay (laughs) um so like i thought i thought i thought his james gunn's directing and like showing this first group getting just obliterated in the first like 12 minutes of the movie Mm -hmm. really sets a tone of like hey guess what anybody's fucking expendable do not care who it is right and i thought that was great there was like and never there was never any point while i was watching it that i thought oh like Idris Elba's gonna come out on top maybe maybe like margot robbie because she's harley quinn and people like wanted to come back and i had an idea that maybe peacemaker would make it because he has like a series that's coming out for hbo max mm-hmm. but everybody else i just thought all right it's like free game for all that shit i didn't okay so I don't really have a problem with what they did, mm-hmm. but to me, it was very reminiscent of the first one where they just killed a bunch of people for no reason. Like, I know it's mm-hmm. like in the name, it's Suicide Squad, but yeah. they did it a little bit more fun, mm-hmm. but it still to me was like, okay, I get it. You're killing people. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you talking about like the people in general or like the, the, the Suicide Squad? No, like, like on the beach. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. To me, it was the one, I think the one and only time I was worried for the film. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. they mm. had so many, they already did that in the other one. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. they on, they only really killed like one character in the first Suicide Squad movie. I know, but then they also didn't introduce, I think there was one character that they didn't even introduce. Mm-hmm. And then they killed him later, like... I don't, know, I don't remember. It was like this whole thing where they were going through like, and this is this person, and mm. I feel like they did a better job, like you said, of how like they introduced the mm. the people in the Suicide Squad, but like mm. they had Team A and Team B, and I found that like a little confusing. Oh, okay. But mm. then also, the first team on the beach got basically killed, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> like so, you I felt almost like they kind of wasted my time a bit because mm, okay. It's almost like this is who you're following. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they're all dead. Now you got to start over. That's that's the thing. See, I don't mind when they do that because it kind of like, like I said, to me, it kind of opens the door of like, 
you know, because normally like when a movie starts, there it starts with actually kind of like one character, or you can you get a sense of like um, the movie's going to follow this one person throughout the entire movie. Therefore, that character will never die. Um, like in this one, uh, the character Savant, played by Michael Rooker, he was the first character that we saw. So it was kind of like I figure it was like James Gunn kind of like telling people like, oh, you're going to follow this character like for the most of it, or he's like guaranteed not to die, but then he ends up killing him anyway. Yeah. To kind of, like, dismay that whole idea of, like, oh, yeah, like, everybody's going to live. No, and everybody's going to, like, live. I mean, by the end of the movie, there's only, like, what, three that survive out of, like... Yeah, and so, like, when I say that I felt like they wasted my time, yeah, I'm not saying that it's a bad movie, and yeah. I'm 100% aware that that's my opinion. Yeah. And, like... I know he probably did it for a reason. I just think, and and, and it worked for the movie, I guess. But like, mm-hmm. like I can't imagine anything else he would have done would have been any better. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I'm not, true. I'm not like shitting on it. Like, oh, I hated it or anything. Like when I, I know it sounds harsh that I said I feel like he <laughs> wasted my time. Like, uh. it's not that. It's just like, like they do so much killing already in the other one. I know, like <laughs> it's the name. Like they uh. do that, but it's like kind of like. Man, I thought you were going to be different. And then it was different. Mm-hmm. I got worried. <laughs> yeah. <That was laughs> you know fun. what I mean? Yeah. It was just that moment of like, oh, fuck. I know. Like, oh, God. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's. And you know what? He like, I, I actually thought I was going to find this annoying, but not so much um, as it played out. But like, he kind of did like a series of like, this is happening. Oh, this is like three minutes ago this happened he at this time oh this so he didn't follow like a linear yeah, storytelling the yeah way you would for think. like yeah because like i kind of because he does it like maybe like four or five times in the movie and sometimes that can be like a little too much uh if you're just kind of going back and forth because i can almost like dizzy up the viewing and shit yeah um but at the same time he kind of like saves it by not making it a regular thing like we only really get a flashback we get a flashback once when the first squad is killed and then we're forward. And then, like, we don't get another flashback until, like, later into the movie. And mm-hmm. it kind of, like, just... It kind of just helps, like, amplify the story. Like, oh, meanwhile, this happened and shit like that. Yeah, and they also don't do, like... Okay, now let's start from the very beginning and show this timeline. Yeah, with, like, this angle or some shit. Like yeah. That. It was just like, oh, it's, it's so, so it made it better because you could be, like... Okay, this was, this is what happens now five, you know, five minutes ago, not... Mm. 500 days ago yeah yeah yeah, definitely definitely so i think that helped uh so there was i'm trying there's one part that i love about this movie it's actually like my favorite scene in the whole movie and it's part it it's not the action it's not like it, i mean it involves banter and stuff but like the club scene mm-hmm. in this movie i really enjoyed the club scene because that's something that like i said we should have gotten the first movie because there is that one part in David Ayer's Suicide Squad, where, like, the group's together, they're drinking, and they're, like, kind of, like, conf- making their confessions or whatever. And I was, like, that, I was just, like, I don't fucking care you guys are having a drink. Like, just get the fucking movie done with. Like, I just did not care. Yeah. Um, but, like, this whole club scene, it, like, put them in a more genuine um, setting where there's uh, where there's people where they can interact with and actually, like, have fun. And... It like it like it livened up the movie a bit more because we're like oh yeah these are like like granted like they're killers stuff like that but they're really just regular people I mean not regular people but <laughs> they like to go out and drink and have a good time even though we got bloodthirsty fucking peacemaker just 
axing the shit out of people as like they're sleeping and everything. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that at all. Did really? No, not really. I'm I like, did. Oh my I was God. there when you had that conversation hey, with me about hey. who was who in the club. You know, like what person in this crowd of people is like the quiet one and the like mm. the outgoing one and stuff. Hey, you're you are allowed to change your mind and blow my mind at the same time. You know, and I was like, you know, I'm King Shark. You're King Shark. <laughs> Remember, I told you, I told uh, you. Usually, I'm the one that everyone forgets about, and then they don't do it intentionally. Uh, but well, hey, you're not King Shark anymore. Stop it. Oh no, now I am definitely like you're like, who was it? Um, I I don't remember the guy with the hat. Peacemaker. No, the hat. Oh, uh, Rick Flagg? Oh, which he guy? He had, like, long, longish hair. Oh, Polka, Polka Dot Man. Oh, he was... Why was he wearing a cowboy hat? Oh, that's no, Joe Kinnaman. So, so, Rick Flagg. So, you remember the Rick Flagg character? No. Um, Rick Flagg wore a cowboy hat. Okay. It was weird. He looked different. I couldn't recognize okay. him. Okay. I was drinking, okay? Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> I was drinking more, and I could tell who he was. God. <laughs> Don't use that for an excuse. You drink more than I do, so you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, when Rick Flagg and Idris Elba were talking together. Oh, yeah. And you're like, that's me and you. Oh, yeah, that's definitely us. Like, in the kind of like. Like, when we're in that kind of a setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're we're totally, like, vibing with each other because everyone else is vibing, but they're still kind of out of our circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's totally us. Yeah, us is going out. Uh, <laughs> trying to have a good time. We're just like, no, let's be in the corner, like cracking jokes and laughing. <laughs> Something like that. But yeah, we're still feeling the shit and everything. Yeah. Um, I even, um, oh, so like the, the progression of, um, I'm trying to think of one of the character arcs, like Polka Dot Man, his character arc. Uh, one, one, it's so fucking funny how like they would like cut away and you would like see what he sees and that's like his mom. Mm-hmm. And, like, how they kind of, like, had the mom look like like the body of Shark King or, like, the body <laughs> of Peacemaker. It's, like, so disturbing. But at the same time, you're like, oh, man, that poor guy is fucked up in the head. Yeah. I like the fact that he has Orbeez coming out of his skin. Get with the Orbeez. Yeah. Well, you know what? Those like, Orbeez is candy, right? No. So wait, what is? Why am I? I'm, I'm, I'm probably thinking of, of like sweet tarts or something. What's Orbeez? Orbeez are like they're like these tiny little pebbles that you soak in water, and they soak up the water, and they expand to be about the size of a marble. Okay. And kids love them just oh, because I see of that. I see what you're talking. I would like to. Or say- you remember that one YouTuber who was like, "I'm gonna fill up my bathtub with Orbeez," and then they did that, and then they tried putting them down the drain, and they just started coming out of every drain in the house, and they had to spend like thousands of dollars to have their place repaired and like all kinds I've of shit. I've never seen that video. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it started coming out of the toilet and oh, everything. You gotta show me that. Later. It was like a horror video. You gotta show me that. Later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. One one thing I another thing that I, I also really enjoyed about this movie is like the confrontation between um, uh, Peacemaker and Rick Flag uh, when they're like downstairs when they're down the basement and like the whole reveal of like oh the American government was behind Star the Conqueror and all that kind of stuff and like what's going on with this stuff I feel like that is one of the most realistic like fights in the movie granted like we see people like getting like shot at and stuff like that but this fight was like brutal as fuck because it was like full on like hand to hand combat. 
I know it was brutal, but I really liked the, all of the symbology we talked about with it. Yeah. Where, like, um, what's his name? Peacemaker was, like, synonymous with the American government. Mm-hmm. And then Colonel Rick Flagg was, like, like an American citizen or, like, a soldier or something. Yeah, like the realistic view of America, while, uh, like you said, Peacemaker is more like the... I always have a hard time saying this word. The genuistic or jingoism kind mm-hmm. of like embodiment of that movie and how like they are constantly like hitting each other and sh- like it's got like it's always like a battle of who's going to win first mm-hmm. is it going to be like the realistic view of america or like the fake you know what we see as america is this great nation and all that kind yeah. of crap like even um i know we talked about it too the um there's that scene where they're fighting and peacemaker's helmet is on the ground and you see his reflection yeah the two fighting and I kind of was like, I feel like they wasted that shot. So, yeah, like, so I thought about, I, because I, I, I thought about that when you first mentioned it, because I remember when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's fucking brilliant. Like, I'm totally vibing, like, what he's trying to say there. And I feel like after you and I talked about it, I would have to actually start further agreeing with you on that. And I think, like, it could have used a bit, maybe an additional, like, five seconds, five or ten seconds with that scene to kind of, like, really solidify the message yeah yeah exactly that's what i think maybe they cut away too fast or something Mm -hmm. because i know what you were saying when they they were just showing that reflection like Mm -hmm. maybe he saw himself and he didn't care but i just saw like oh that's the reflection of himself but he didn't even notice oh um uh, peacemaker Yeah. yeah 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 like i know it isn't till later till he admits yeah like yeah i know what i am yeah, like that that line he he uh, Ratcatcher two asked like straight up asking him like you can destroy the hard drive why do you have to kill me and he says because I'm thorough mm-hmm. and it's like fuck that is some fucked up shit like he was the guy who was on her side like that part that scene the bars the the club scene where they were like oh I want like for like drinks for everybody and mm-hmm. the the bartender was walk uh, sorry the waitress was walking away and he's like oh you forgot the rat. Yeah, and you can see like, oh, he's like with it with her. He like he's like with that with her, mm-hmm. and then he's like, I'm thorough. I gotta blast your face. I'm like, damn, that's some fucked up shit. Yeah, it's like just like America. <laughs> exactly, America. We'll have a drink with you later. We'll shoot you. <laughs> you know, mm. just have to say, um, I think it's called being AOC or something like that. Mm. What's was that? on CNN. Oh, okay. They did like this whole like expose on her, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not an expose. Shoot, they interviewed her, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's almost synonymous with her experience. Oh shit! Okay, because she was very much like lifted up by the people. Yeah, yeah. And then exactly. she's like, as soon as I got into Congress, she's like, even the Democrats didn't want me there because they liked who I came after more. Mm. Like everyone was friends with him. Yeah, yeah. Um. You know, so she's like, it's been a very painful experience for me. Yeah, I can see that. Can so see I'm that. just like, yeah, that's America. That, that's, you know, that's Peacemaker. <laughs> exactly. Um, so so before before we finish up, I like I had mentioned it before we got into the spoiler section about Polka Dot Men's arc. Um, I really, that part where he was like, first of all, it's fucking funny how Idris Elba sets that up. Like, you know. Uh, hey, you know who that is? And he's like, oh, it's your mom. <laughs> and like, 
I don't know. I gotta find out who the actress who plays his mom. Because <laughs> she just like pops in the, the most random time. But the fact that like she comes out as like a as a as a, a cover starfish yeah, fucking his mom. Yeah, like, like. a gigantor type <laughs> creature and shit. Um, but he has like that really that real hero moment, right? Where he like uses his polka dot to like fuck up her leg and sh- or fuck up Starro's leg. Uh-huh. And that shit is so sweet. Where he's like, I'm a superhero. However, when he said that automatically I thought oh he's gonna die right now and he did i was like fuck i like that guy i have a couple of things to say really fast yeah yeah sure um i found it absolutely disgusting mm-hmm. the the armpit of the fucking of star oh when it would come out yeah, yeah. and all the little <sighs> it was so gross yeah my, my tryptophobia was like oh god oh god <laughs> there's that and then i love the fact that Star uh, Ratcatcher was like not. She didn't. She didn't seem like she was an important character. Ratcatcher like too. emotionally, she was, but not mm-hmm. physically. Like she didn't seem like she really gave a whole lot to the team mm-hmm. until, you know, it's like don't judge a book by its cover. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. then she really made her bones at the end, and I really liked that. And she didn't die. Yeah, yeah, and like it, I mean, it, if you folks had like had noticed it. Like she doesn't kill anybody, like at all. Like we mm-hmm. see, we see uh, Bloodsport, we see Polka Dot Man, we see uh, Peacemaker. We even see, well, of course, we see King Shark fucking eating everybody and shit like that. <laughs> um, like we see, we see these characters like killing people and shit like that. But she's the only one who does who doesn't really kill anybody. Um, now, if you're thinking about this, you can say like, oh, what about the guy outside the club? The rat was in his mouth, didn't kill him. Um, but like yeah, she like she has like her moment of like, oh, I'm gonna save the day, and I didn't have to kill anybody to do it. Yeah, and I liked it that it was her superpower or mm. like her ability to talk to the rats. Yeah, that killed Starro. Yeah, from from what I remember reading, um, I don't remember. I think James Gunn had said this. He said that like uh, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that like Ratcatcher, she's not telling. She's not, like, commanding the, what the rat's to do. She's just suggesting, like, hey, I need your guys' help. And the rackets mm-hmm. are like, okay, sure. Yeah. You know, kind of like the whole Aquaman thing of, like, Aquaman doesn't tell fish to do. He just, like, suggests, like, yeah. something to do. Okay, and one other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Harley Quinn, when she's breaking out. Oh, that was a great scene. I kept waiting for her to, like, wrap her legs around a guy's neck. And break it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... So I was like, oh, because they were taking too long to get to that point. I figured they weren't going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then they did. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then she was murking everybody and all the blood was flowers. And I thought that was great because I think we had like differing opinions on what that meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I took it as like her kind of dealing with the reality of like that, that, that. That's how she copes with it. Instead of like seeing the brutality of it. It's more like, oh, pretty flowers and stuff like that. So therefore, I'm not really hurting anybody no i thought you had a different opinion when we first talked about it are you talking about the terminator yeah that's oh well i'm just that i'm more referring of like that just that particular because there's a particular shot of where she's like walking through the hallway with like two m16 m16 rifles and and she see her boots yeah yeah and it's very terminator-esque like the first terminator like when he comes in through the uh police station um, but not like that. No, like oh, okay. it, it was like it's that particular shot. I was like, that's Terminator right there, you know. But obviously, oh, you made it sound like it was the whole thing, and I'm like, 
no, this is too flowery. <laughs> I don't well, get flow- flowers and Terminator don't go together. What? You don't know. Terminator might be like birthday flowers. <laughs> he does turn into you know like a curtain designer. <laughs> that okay, stupid ass movie. <laughs> so okay, so what did you what, did you have a take on? on that particular scene oh with the flowers yeah, yeah, yeah. i thought and that's what i thought too i thought i thought it was great that they turned it into flowers because mm. it was like she could then hide from the fact that she was killing everybody because it was just mm. so pretty like she would be doing these things but she mm. would almost be out of body doing it yeah like she, and that's not us saying that like she doesn't see what she's doing is violent but that's just oh well, she knows it is and it's like a refuses coping, to see it like, yeah like, yeah like a coping mechanism like okay this would be obviously bloody but let me just shield my eyes from this or my mind from this right um but yeah all in all like like i said uh like as kelsey 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 mentioned earlier. I by the time her and I watched it, I had watched it like three times. <laughs> I had already written a review about it and everything, and still, like watching it with Kelsey, I was just like, "You gotta watch this movie. It's so fucking fun." <laughs> also, booze helped with that too. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's. Um, I take it you're saying you feel the same way that you enjoyed this movie. Yeah, well, good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those movies that's good and i'm like fuck i wish my kids were older <laughs> well yeah, Le- leia watched it yeah so you can have the girls watch it just like oh wait never mind they already what? watched it at their dad's oh really yeah whatever <laughs> hey what matters what matters most if you see it with me yeah i make it fun that's true yeah all right so what we got next next we're gonna do our variety time Guess what? What? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) You didn't. So when you didn't have your mic up right now, that was like, that's the equivalent of like telling someone stop hit, like stop hitting yourself or stop punching yourself in the face. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But for podcasting. Podcasting. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So. Variety time. Um, yeah, we've we've made it. We've made it. Ah, we made it. I, I didn't get to see the the mid credit or end credit scene. I forgot. Oh, I'll tell you, it's not it's nothing grand, but I'll just tell you um, when we get there. Okay. So we finally made it to the last two episodes of the Berserker uh, anime. Berserk. The, uh, Berserk. Not Berserker. I know, right? Uh, the Berserk anime. Um, 96? 99? 96? I think it was 96. 96. Anime. Maybe it's 97. Anyway. Something. It was yeah. in the 90s. <laughs> uh, yeah, 97. Okay, anyway. So, 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 so. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to cover uh, just the two final episodes. Uh, Eclipse and, how do you say that? Perpetual time? Perpetual. Perpetual time. Thank you. Sorry. So. Last- it's not perpetual time. It's perpetual time. Perpetual time. Meaning time that doesn't end. Mm, mm. So, you know, last where we left off, the band of the hawk, the remaining band of the hawk, fucking was in hell. Yeah, they, it, like, got it, transported to hell, and they were like, what the fuck? And the bailet came to life, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, shit hit the fucking fan hard. Um, so, I felt this 
episode granted like we see we see like Costco and we see uh I forget I always forget the blonde guy's name. I think it's like Jordan or some shit like that. Jordy. Yeah, Jordy, Guts, Pippin, like all these other characters. We see them like trying to survive. Um trying to survive what's called what was called the uh, uh Griffith's baptism, which is called the invocation of doom. Um and we finally meet like the god hand uh, apo- uh like their disciples. Um which the names are escaping me as well. Um, but I felt like this was actually a Griffith episode because we finally like got into his head and like the decision he would make to become, that would later become known as Fetmo. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this really great line. It's like... Oh, uh, Judo. Yeah, Judo. Okay, yeah, the character Judo. Okay. I think this movie, like this this episode, really hammers the home of like Griffith's like self-absorbed, egotistical attitude, and how nothing is his fault. Yeah. Um, like there's that, and and like there's this really great scene where like where it's Griffin, and he's like running, like trying to get to his castle, mm-hmm. and then when he stops, he realizes he's like all like he's like on bodies, on top of bodies and bodies of blood. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, of bodies, and. Bloody bodies. Yeah, bloody bodies. And like how one of the one of the, the members of the God Hand is just like, Yeah, like you have to use all these bodies to get where you're going. And you and, have been Yeah, all this whole along. time. Yeah, yeah. And also you knew what you were doing. Yeah, exactly. Because um, the kid, like Griffith as a kid, is like, I didn't know. I just wanted to be with my friends at the castle. Yeah, and that's just him just being fucking ignorant as shit on, on that. Yeah. Uh, so the Godhead members, uh, Void, Slan, Ubek, Conrad, and then Fetmo, uh, who is... Uh, Which uh, one's the hot woman? I think that's Ubek. Let me see. Conrad is the, the like weird bubble, like fat thing with the hands like cross. Uh-huh. That's Conrad. Um, I feel like that might be Ubek who I'm thinking about. No, Ubek is, Ubek is like the weird smiley thing that's like flying around like... Ee! <laughs> so and I know Void. Void is um, the one with the exposed ba- brain. So it's Slan. Slan is the sexy. S- Slan is essentially lust. Mm. Um. And and I I think I, I think it's I think it's so I think it was like so perfect like to have like these like to have like the final two episodes go like off the wall fucking supernatural crazy shit mm-hmm. because it's like a whole like head turn of like what we were seeing other than like seeing uh nosferatu zod and yeah it's like they give you the idea in the beginning mm-hmm. like that that is somewhere it could go but then you really don't see it again yeah 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 so oh. not not at the end but like you see that fairy yeah yeah you see the fairy and if i remember correctly like pippin like he comes across this uh he like he comes back to like the, to the remaining members of the band of the hawk and like they're slaughtered and i think there's like one apostle that like shows up or some shit like that and it's just like oh like that's yeah the end of that um but yeah this like in this like in the eclipse they just like fully inject into like oh this is what the show is really about all of this fucking like darkness. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've been talking most of the time. What do you think about this Because <laughs> I I really want to hear your opinion because I remember like, you got done watching and you're like, what? Like you had kind of an attitude towards it. <laughs> I did have an attitude towards it. Uh. First, when I first started watching the penultimate episode, mm-hmm. I was like, 
this is what I was waiting for. Uh, like, I fucking love it. Yeah. Um, the way the God Hand were kind of, kind of almost melting into different shapes and stuff kind of reminded me mm-hmm. a lot of Bleach. So I okay. kind of feel like that's where Bleach got a lot of how they make things feel very sinister. Mm-hmm. And that's like my favorite feeling mm. that I like. I feel like I have a type of anime, mm. and the last two episodes are it. So you're in that dark ass shit, aren't you? That's what I like. Oh, I should introduce you to uh, what's that dude's name? His name's like Iu Idika or something like that. He makes these really fucked up fucking mangas. Anyway, sorry. Go on. <laughs> I can't. I, have I a- mean, what did you expect? You know me. I'm all honestly, smiles and giggles, <laughs> but deep inside, I want to see everybody fucking burn. This is what, honestly, this is what I, ex- I was, I, uh, fuck me for thinking this. Th- what I was expecting for you to kind of be like, oh, that's really fucked up. Like, kind of like, depressed about it. No, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Because, hey, like, the first time I saw it, especially, like, the, the the final episode, I was like, oh, man, fuck this anime. This is some dark anime. It was, like, even too much for me at one point. <laughs> no, I was like, oh, my God, I love it. <laughs> give me, give, me, give more. me more. That's why give I was so more. okay. So the attitude more. I had uh, was because I wanted more of that. Uh, and I used the wrong word when I told you I felt like I, I was patient and I put up with all the fluff. Mm, okay. I know it wasn't fluff. It was a lot of character building. Mm-hmm. And I do recognize that you need some of that mm-hmm. to, like, make the last two episodes as impactful as they really were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But, like, Casca and Guts took such a long time to get to that point. Yeah, I will admit that. It, it did take them quite a, quite a while to do that. Um like, I feel like mm-hmm. much of the story dragged out mm-hmm. longer than it probably needed to. Yeah. It, it, and I'm not saying it was yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, But it was like, you know, if the last two episodes are the ones that are really good, like, mm-hmm. I basically spent 23 episodes waiting to get to episode 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they might have they probably might have done a little bit better if they took the um, the uh, the three animated movies that they that they did a couple of years ago, where it's it's a bit sh- it's a lot short, it's a lot more condensed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do see like a after the after the twenty fifth episode, like you kind of see like a little bit of the ramifications of what's gonna come, but it still leaves enough like interest of like oh shit, like what is gonna come and shit like yeah. that, you know. At least, like, a little taste that's not too bad. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I want to focus on, on Griffith's uh, mindset, uh, especially the part where he's being baptized, where he's, like, being taken in and stuff like that. And, like, the last lines he says in this, in this anime is, like, he says, uh, out of all of the thousands of comrades and tens of thousands of enemies, only one, only you and you alone skewed the vision of my dream, I submit. And he's saying that towards Guts, which is fucked up because it's like I said, Guts didn't do anything wrong. No, that's the thing. Like, uh, he's saying it as if Guts did something wrong. I know, I know. But like, but it's, it's, it's like, viewer, it's-, it's like... If I blamed, like, if I was, like, a big drug addict or some shit, mm-hmm. and I blamed my kids for ending the party because I had to be responsible. Yeah, yeah, It was exactly. like you were on a bad path, and you're telling this person who loved you that they were too good for you. 
Yeah. And not like too good for you, so I'm going to leave you. No, mm. like like too good for you like like guts in guts version of like I I want to forge my own path cuz I want to be at your level. Yeah, and yeah. and then then Griffith was like no. I yeah. want to like I want to, you know, fuck everybody up and yeah. you kind of took me down the good path for too long and i was destined to be evil yeah it's it's like it's like griffin had it's like griffin realized that he had a moment of like weakness and like brotherhood well yeah well i would say like i don't that's it i was gonna say weakness but not like in that sense but like more of like like you said brotherhood but like a reality of like of happiness that doesn't involve building an empire uh like a level of just like Okay, I'm just enjoying just this, mm-hmm. and it skewed his vision, and he saw it as a weakness. Like, well, and he was still building something too, because he may, might not have been like building an empire, but mm-hmm. he was definitely building like a brotherhood or like yeah, like a friendship, like a camaraderie. And there's something yeah. to be said for that. Well, I just think I never really thought he even he really believed that. Like he believed it to an extent, but like it, it was like. The, the members of the Band of the Hawk, even like Casca or, or Gut, he saw their friendship uh, expendable. Yeah. Like, you know, we're still close, but like, if I have to, if you have to go down, fuck it, you're going to go down. Yeah. And that's, it just shows the selfish nature of that character. And if you think about it, it's really fucked up because he's rewarded for it. He essentially becomes like a god. Yeah. For just being a fucking selfish dick. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I didn't like the animation of his character when he turned into a demon oh until when he became uh fatmo yeah really it was just basically a very dark maroon thing that what like you couldn't see any any defining thing mm. except his eyes were mm. the same and he was wearing purple lipstick i think that was kind of like the point because um i mean because if you really think about it like the care like the other the other members of the god hand they're they have a lot of characteristic traits, you know, of how they look, you know, like their face is a certain way or the brain's exposed and like the animation is like heavy on that. I think that I think with uh, with uh, Fetmo's design, it's it's more to allude to like his eyes, which has always been like a, a huge focal point within the show, the intensity of his eyes and how that intensity like does he even die as he like becomes like a new being. I want to take it a little bit further, actually. Okay. What if they become, they, remember they were saying how he was conceited and that was part of his downfall and why they crossed paths and Mm -hmm. that started his fate? Yeah. What if you can't really see anything defining of him because he's so conceited that he's now doomed to the rest of his life, that even though he's a god and he's their angel or whatever they kept saying, like, Mm -hmm. he is nothing to be conceited about any longer? That yeah, I can see that. I can totally see that. Um, however, like I, I don't, I don't think that's like I said. I can see your point, but I don't think that's one hundred percent true because you have to be like have a level of conceitedness to like want to rule the entire world. No, I know that. I'm saying the conceitedness still exists. Oh, but like on a on a on a superficial level or like a physical level. Like it became. It's not physical anymore. He's mm. beyond that. Oh, okay. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can, I can see that. Especially like... Because <laughs> now he's a fucking god. He can be conceited because he's a god now. Yeah, yeah. And I mean... And he, he could be conceited about that. <laughs> yeah, he keeps he keeps it going fucking until the, until the last episode when he fucking does the Costco right in front of Guts. Yeah. Um, so then episode five, which is uh, Perpetual Time? That's how you say it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is where we just... It, like that's just it everything's just, just like it, everyone's dying everyone's straight bitten up. eaten chomped in half yeah um so there's this one part that like i mean there's like this level of like brutality and stuff like that and it's like i have a i have a sense that like well like there's this part where like jordan and and Jordan is like saving Casca, they like riding the horse, and he's like trying to protect her and everything. And then like guts, not guts. Casca's like, no, we gotta stay and fight, blah, blah blah. But Jordan's still like, no, you have to survive. You have to survive. Like he almost got like a sense of like her survival was like key to all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on which way you look at it, you know, it could go in guts' favor or 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 uh, Griffith's or favor. Griffith's favor, yeah. Um, but like, there's like this part where like you see all these. You see the members of the the band of the Hawking torn to shreds, eaten, devoured, and everything. But when you see her, all that you see is like her her clothes are being torn off. Like there's like a subconscious level that the the apostles who are taking her know not to like uh, scratch her, mm-hmm. and just to kind of leave all the violation to Griffith, mm-hmm. which is fucked up like all the way. Yeah, um, and it's. And it's it, you get you get a sense that like, even they know that like what they're gonna do to her is gonna scar her mentally and be more damaging than like scarring her up her physically or anything like that. Right. Um. So, and it, did you notice like the placements of the the sacrificial uh, symbols? I didn't really think it meant anything. I know they were all different. Mm. Like I know, Guts's was on his neck. Yeah, his is like on, on like the side of his neck, kind of near the back. Yeah. Um. So I think that's kind of like he always has to look over his shoulder, like no matter where he goes. Mm-hmm. Um. But like, the one where Casca's at, it's like on her breastplate, like on her heart. Oh. Okay. Which is which it feels like she got that symbol because Griffith wanted it because so they can be the sacrifice. Hmm. And that's like a full level betrayal because she said she got stabbed in the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Out of everyone, I feel the worst for her. For Casca? Mm-hmm. No, why is that? Because she was so loyal. To uh, Griffith? To Griffith. Yeah. And even when she started to see that she didn't mean as much to him as she wanted. Mm-hmm. And she started having feelings for Guts. Mm. She still wanted to take care of him. like Because th- there was still love there, even if it had morphed into something different. Yeah. Um, even though he was in those bandages and all fucked up. like They really just wanted to keep him around, no matter how he was around them. Yeah. And she had even, like, her and Guts talked about, like, running away together and starting a life. And, and then she- it changed after that. But I feel like... Guts knew he could lead them mm-hmm. with Casca, and they could still keep Guts. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like they were just going to continue their story that way if they could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, you know, 
That doesn't happen <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, and there's like this really great shot, and it's it's I believe it's like the final shot before the credits, where um, as like as Griffith's violating Casca in front of Guts, and like like the apostles are like pinning him down you see like one of the apostles like sticks his like finger right in his eye like his nail into his eye uh-huh. and then like it takes his eye out right mm-hmm. that's like the last image that i will ever see it's like the woman he loves being violated like mm-hmm. that. so it's like burned into his mind with like pain and blood and shit like that yeah and he does like that ultimate like scream and shit like that um which that like watching that like i mean everything like leading up to it was like fuck but that was just like Oh man, can you imagine that? Like before you die, that's like the last thing you fucking see. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously he doesn't die because he continues on later. Yeah. In the story. Um, but I feel like he did die that day, even if he lived. Oh yeah. Like oh, he yeah. died that day. Oh yeah, he definitely died that day. Um, okay, so do you want me to tell you what happens in the after credits? Yeah. Okay, simple thing happens. Um, there's a uh, blacksmith making his sword. He puts his sword on. And he, like, opens the door, and the blacksmith is, like, trying not to get yourself killed. And he, like, walks out the door. But when he walks out the door, it's all this light, but it's covered in red. Like, blood. Mm-hmm. So you can just feel he just walks into, like, rage and hatred. Mm. And, like, and they, sh- and they show his face. They show, like, what he looks like now. His eyes, like, close and everything. You can tell it's kind of, like... It's kind of like where the first episode began, where like he like shows up, he's uh, he's already got like a busted eye and everything. He's got like the fake hand and shit. That's like where it ends. It's like oh, so this is where like the episode, this is where the series began. Yeah, doing that. Um, now since this is not in the anime, do you want to know how he gets out? Yeah. Okay. So what they didn't allude to in the first in the anime. I mean, they talked about it, but they didn't. They didn't really allude to the Skull Knight, that he had an encounter with the Skull Knight. Mm-hmm. What happens is that um, the Skull Knight and Nosferatu are battling uh, as the as the eclipse is happening, and they disappear. And at that moment, where like guts pinned down and shit like that, the Skull Knight jumps through the eclipse through the eclipse gateway, tries to attack Void. Doesn't it? Doesn't do any damage, and then the Skull Knight captures. Casca and Guts and like takes off mm-hmm. and then like that's how Guts survives. Casca survives as, as well but like he like leaves her behind because when Casca uh, awakes she regresses back to like a four year old child Oh, because she's so traumatized that it just bloop, like that Yeah, and she's like that for all the way up to like the second to most recent manga yeah. where, where she just like it's just like completely like absent-minded what's going on but like a series of things that happens is like really 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 like continues to like show like the fucked up nature of like the the berserk manga i'm um more interested to know about you were telling me about his um armor and i didn't oh see the berserk that. armor yeah i didn't see that here yeah and it, yeah the berserk armor doesn't take place until later in the manga it's not in the anime at all but like oh no i take that back i'm sorry i believe when we I believe when we see him in the anime, I think he's wearing the berserk. Ar- no, he's not wearing the berserk armor. Um, he's he wears a berserk armor that supposedly belonged that uh, original owner was like had like died in that armor, mm-hmm. and the berserk armor like attaches to his body and makes him go like full on crazy and like in in it's essentially invulnerable as well. Gotcha. 
Um, so I was sad because I wanted to see that. I think it might be in like the most recent version of the anime, but it's like bad animation. <laughs> ah. Yeah. So now that we finally finished Berserk, the anime. Mm-hmm. What's your what's your what's your final say on it? It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested to start reading the manga? time they go by really fast yeah <laughs> you're just like <sighs> something else i don't know i mean look i made it through the first compendium of the walking dead mm-hmm. and then i was like okay like it was good but i don't want to read anymore <laughs> so i didn't read the second one that you gave me Back the morning comes to find your face in your grass. Take the moonlight by the tattoo and inside your shadow. What is that? Now we're going to do our geriatric cinematic of Tromeo and Juliet. Parting is such sweet sorrow. <laughs> totally sucks. And the synopsis is, Tromeo, a filmmaker, falls in love with Juliet, the daughter of a former partner who tried to steal his business from him. I don't think that's quite right. That's not the correct synopsis. This is from IMDb, so fuck you guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, Tromeo is the son of a filmmaker Mm -hmm. who falls in love with Juliet, the daughter of a former partner of his father, who tried to steal a business from yeah, his father. Yeah, that's, that's the correct one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and shame on you for not catching that, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Lloyd Kaufman, written by James Gunn and Lloyd Kaufman. It stars Will Keenan, Jane Jensen, Maximilian Sean, Wendy Adams, Valentine, Miel, and Earl McCoy. Earl McCoy. Yeah, he's the Earl McCoy. He's the Earl McCoy. Not the real McCoy, but the Earl McCoy. I get it. You don't have to walk me through with it. (laughs) You make that face. (laughs) Um, So, Tromeo and Juliet. I actually had a friend that introduced me to this. Uh, His name was Clint um, in high school. He was like, you ever heard any trauma film? You ever heard anything about trauma films? I was like, trauma films? What's that? And he's like talking about it. I'm like, oh yeah, Toxic Avenger. He goes like, oh, let me show you this. So he shows me Tromeo and Juliet. Then on, I was like, fuck, I love this fucking badass movie, this bad garbage (laughs) film. And I became a trauma fan, a huge trauma fan. Um, So I was very excited to, very excited to show this movie to Kelsey. um, Because... (laughs) Like she said earlier, I had to redeem myself for showing her Meet the Feebles. And I felt like, all right, let me redeem myself, not by showing her a good movie, by just showing her another level of trash. <laughs> so, Kelsey, what did you think about this movie? Um, I'm on the fence. Okay. I'm not going to say it's bad. Mm. Uh, there are some really good things about it. Mm-hmm. Like how they portray like 
Tromeo. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was, I was kind of laughing about it, because I was like, you know, he's supposed to be, like, really sexy, but he's really unsexy. <laughs> but then yes. the way that he, like, contorts his face when either, A, he's masturbating, or two, when he's, like, <laughs> crying out in pain, his mouth gets all fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Which I think is great, because... <laughs> But I think about how, like, my youngest daughter cries and how weird she looks. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I can't help it. Yeah. Laugh can, at her face Like, no one time. ever looks good crying. No, but, but, like, they look especially weird. Yeah. Like, yeah, no one ever looks good crying. But, like, it's it adds a level of comedy when their face is just like, ugh, like, a, like contorted. Um, no, no, it's not even, like, way. ugly. It's not just ugly. It's, like, just weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like. I don't know about him. His was more like a rhombus shape. You're talking about... Uh, Tromeo? Yeah, Will Keenan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that when Keenan's cries, her mouth kind of turns into like... Almost like an hourglass. Where like <laughs> okay. the middle of her lips are not close together, but they're closer together than the ends of her mouth. Kind of like, like, like one of the members of the God Hand. <laughs> <laughs> I was more thinking Peanuts. But okay. Kind of like one of the members of the god. If I show you that picture of one of the members of the god, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's that's the face. <laughs> um, so there's that. Um, the one thing I thought was actually really funny, and I think it's just because I watched it with you and I like the whole. Mm-hmm. I like it when we have a difference of opinions. Mm-hmm. In the whole ending of the film, <laughs> and you're like, God, that's so fucked up. Uh, I was like, I kind of thought it was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about the well, fact that, like... a happy ending for me. Okay. Okay, you're talking about the fact that, like, they're actually brother and yeah. sister, and uh-huh. they end up together. And <laughs> I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Like, like, look, like, I'm not into any of that, but I'm just uh, saying, like, they sweet. love each other, each other so much. They didn't <laughs> know they were brother and so whatever. Uh, and that was funny because before it got to the end end, I'm uh, like, whatever, they're not going to have any kids. As long as they don't have any kids, you're like, just wait. Just wait. <laughs> like, okay, they had kids and that's kind of weird and creepy, but... Aww, <laughs> they made a family. The kids were like, they have a house. The kids are like, like what, like not realistic. They have extra to faces growing on their face. Exactly. I. That's the thing. I. The version that we watched. I figured. I think there was a different version that I watched. I don't. I can't remember. I mean, my memory might just be fuzzy, but I just seem to remember like one of the siblings, like. Like having like having essentially three heads, like literally three heads on them, because <laughs> like they would like fuck. Let's just go wild with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so have you have you ever read Romeo and Juliet? I know I did, not all the way through, but like mm-hmm. bits and pieces of it in like English class or something. So I I, I really enjoy the fact that like it like still kind of like you can still get the DNA of a Romeo and Juliet story. Like the, 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 the battling <laughs> like, houses. Like what, what light through yonder plexiglass breaks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's this really great line. And you, you folks have heard it like in the trailer uh, before this, but this is that great line where, uh, where Julia's like parting is such a sorrow. And he goes, and dude, Romeo goes, totally fucking sucks. <laughs> 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 so 
stupid. Like this movie is like, and there are there are plenty of times where they kind of like do a like Shakespearean dialogue, mm-hmm. and then like the retort is like, yeah, bro. <laughs> Um, I think so. Uh, if we're gonna get into what I liked about it and what I uh, didn't like, yeah. Um, when you were gonna show me a trauma film, mm-hmm. I know I wasn't expecting it to be like the best quality. Yeah. But for me, it was like, like you have to either choose the quality of the film or the quality of the story. Mm. Like even Meet the Feebles had a better production value. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But see, that's the thing, like, and that 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 is kind of what trauma is. Trauma, like, they're not known for like their great quality, and they're not with the great quality in story, and even great. Maybe like the quality gets a little bit better as like technology, like you know, it's it's with filmmaking gets a lot better. Um, but like, they're more known for like their raunchiness, their like gore, their like just complete stupidity of like of a of a plot that kind of like has like a lot of plot holes but like it still doesn't take away from like what we're watching of just like oh this is like this bonkers crazy shit and then i feel like there's gonna be some trauma that i actually really love mm-hmm. and some that i really fucking hate. oh yeah 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 because i'm even that way like we just went through talking about berserk and mm-hmm. i think i you figured out what kind of fucking anime i like and mm-hmm. the reason why i don't watch it is because i don't know where to begin because mm-hmm. i know i don't love most of it Okay. Yeah, like not not all of Trauma's films are great. There's one called uh I think it's called like Hillbilly Can Hillbilly Cannibals. It's really bad. Like I, I never even finished it. It was so stupid. It was like so poorly put together. Right. And at least like this one for, even for me is watchable. Mm-hmm. And and it, it was pretty funny at parts. Yeah, so as as in terms of like how it looks as like the uh like the way how it's shot and everything. Um James Gunn had done an uh, interview uh, with Vice as they were kind of doing like a retrospective look at uh, Tromeo and Juliet. Um, so like the film is like, it was made in the 90s, right? And it looks very 90s. And uh, James Gunn actually said, he goes, uh, that was intentional. When making the movie, I was thinking back to Valley Girl in which everything is so overly 80s. I wanted, to pe- I wanted people to look back at this movie and think it's so ridiculously 90s, which is like straight up like the style and like the hair and everything. It's like straight up 90s. It is very 90s, but I don't think it went as 90s as it could have been. Because mm. I think of 90s and I still think of like MC Hammer Pants. Oh, that's like early 90s though. The early, I'm thinking early 90s. Like yeah. by the time you get to the late 90s, mm-hmm. it's lost a lot of its DNA already. Yeah. And so he goes on and says, I knew at the time that we were making a movie that uh, that was so of the moment that it would be dated in five years. Hopefully in a cool way that makes you enjoy that datedness um i there they like there are some 90s movies that i've watched that i can't go back to because i'm just like cringeworthy 90s and stuff. Mm-hmm. like there's this movie called i think it's called like singles totally fucking 90s and like was created like during like the highs of grunge rock uh-huh. but like when i rewatch i'm just like Ugh, it just like ew like it just looks wrong or some shit like that i kind of feel like he hit his mark with mm-hmm. that comment, at least. Yeah. It, it definitely does have, like, things about it that I could be like, yeah, that's definitely 90s. Like, oh, yeah. how they did their makeup, or they were always wearing, mm-hmm. like, wife beaters and shit. Yeah. Um, but I kind of almost feel like 
you know how fucking awful everyone was in the early 2000s and nobody liked each other and like Mm -hmm. like if you were hanging out with a friend like their older sibling was always going to be a fucking asshole to you oh yeah i remember that but i also remember like it wasn't always like that Mm -hmm. like i remember in the 90s where like the older siblings would actually spend time with you yeah okay i almost kind of got that feeling from like this movie where like it was a sibling that actually did like you yeah oh, okay okay like i kind of felt like the way they were dressed it was almost like they were almost trying to be in the punk scene or something mm-hmm. not as like heavy into it because not the heavy makeup yeah and, not like gutter punk but they but had just, like you know some of it and like yeah, the uh the the counterculture kind of yeah culture kind of thing yeah yeah and like and you get a sense like that kind of group kind of accepts everybody mm-hmm. and so i just kind of, i don't know there was something comforting there was, i know it's weird to say about this fucking film but no no I, I get you i get you um yeah like at one point uh big one of the receptions that this film i got was from the new york times when it was reviewed uh the reviewer has said it was exhilarating and it was a no holds bar type film okay <laughs> um <laughs> It's a, it's like it's so funny because like USA uh, USA Today had said that not just for trauma junkies, trauma and Julie is sexy, silly, sweet, and surreal. So there's your sweet comment. I told you. <laughs> um, yeah, and like this this film was really appreciated because it's played uh, in a lot of art house theaters in L.A. and uh, New York for like months, um, and it was reported to play in San Francisco in the theater for like a whole year. Oh wow. Um, yeah, because like th- this film has like a hardcore like cult following, and the funny thing is like this is like the least expensive trauma film like to date. The budget was only three hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, it kind of shows, but I think it, it feels like it shows like that budget is a little bit like too much. I feel like this movie was made for like twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> they probably spend the rest of it like you know mm-hmm. drinking or yeah going party. out later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. um so okay so one of the one of the the big things about this movie is like the level of like grotesqueness that happens like well let's just talk about like the the physical part Mm -hmm. what do you think of like the gore and like the the fucking vulgarity of it um it wasn't constant but Mm -hmm. when it was like the, okay, those are two very separate things. Okay. The gore is not constant, but no. when it happens, it's gory. And it, so the fact that they put it here or there, mm-hmm. I felt like it was well-placed. Yeah, it wasn't like overly done or like too uh, like too much to like take or anything like that. Right. Uh, the vulgarity? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say like maybe 90 to 95 percent of that was well placed too and there is mm-hmm. much more of that than there is of the gore mm-hmm. um but they put certain situations in there where you're meant to be like oh that's shocking but funny at the same time <laughs> yeah like yeah. how um james gunn's brother is sean gunn yeah, and sean he's gunn. in the movie and yeah. he like is like hitting on his sister and like groping her yeah. and shit yeah <laughs> And you're like, ew, but, like, it's funny, too, because you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, this movie, like... Because, you know, you're not meant to take it seriously, so it's, like, one of those things where you're not laughing because you're into that thing. You're just laughing, like, you know, if you don't know what trauma is, I mean, you probably should look it up, but you're definitely laughing because it's shocking and meant to be funny not like oh yeah i like that so (laughs) yeah like there like there's a lot of like fucked up jokes in this 
in this movie and not like not like they're throwing around like end bombs and shit like that like there's literally a part where they show like a priest um reliving a fantasy of him and like, a little boy dancing together yeah which is like oh we know where that's going we like we all know where that's going from going <laughs> well, to and that's the thing too they don't they're not very literal with their jokes yeah right like they could easily take it to the next level and have the priest like touching the kid or whatever yeah yeah and they don't they don't go that far because they'll be like okay that's a little too like because i because I they like they like the audience to like get the joke and run away like with the imagination but not like really you're not really visualizing anything you're just like yeah that's a joke that everyone says about priests yeah yeah so the original script uh because james gunn james gunn is the one who wrote the script and he only got paid like 150 dollars to write this script oh shit uh so in the original script um uh so they so they had so there was a first draft that uh of Truman and Julia in 1992 that was written by Kaufman and employees uh, Andy Deemer and Phil Revo. And what happened was that, like, they didn't like the script, so they kind of just tossed it aside, and then James Gunn saw it, and he was like, all right, I'll have a crack at it, okay? So he, like, wrote the script, and in the original version, Julia was going to be a stripper, and Truman was going to be a crack dealer. And in another version, there was going to be, like, there was going to be, like, the stuff where... Uh, let me see. Wait, like even like, let me see. Uh, like Kaufman even found like the script too filthy. Like there's like eight scenes of like urination that happens in the movie and shit like that. Um, Except for the, you know, they left the one in there. What was the one urination scene? Where he was like peeing on him. On who? From behind. Like if he was at the tattoo parlor. Uh, oh, uh, was, was it was it Murray? Murray. Mercutio. His, yeah. From his friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, like, it, so it had the potential to be vulgar, but, like, that's the thing, that's the thing I always love about Lloyd Kaufman, it's, like, he likes to be vulgar, but he doesn't like to, like, be disgusting. Mm-hmm. He likes, so he knows, like, when to pull back, when to have, like, a bit of a laugh. Yeah. When it comes to situation. And they, they have, this is their company, this is, this is Lloyd Kaufman's company, he can do what the fuck he wants, but he knows that, like, okay, it still has to be entertaining, it still has to be funny, it can't just be gross and weird yeah it can be gross and weird i mean that's where we got a david lynch film (laughs) um okay is there there anybody that anybody in the movie that you particularly like enjoyed like anybody well i had a crush on the cook oh you're talking about the nurse the one with the tattoos and stuff she wasn't a nurse she was a cook i thought she was a i thought she was a nurse no she's a cook okay go on um I like. I had a crush on her. Okay. I'm like, oh right, man, they. Sh- she should have been like. That was the one like that that Juliet was with, right? That was fooling around. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I'm like Juliet should have been way more into her than she was. <laughs> that would be funny if the movie ended with them, t- them like, two. Like I would together. never look at that woman and be like. Uh, yeah. Sometimes when we're messing around, I think of men. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no, I'll just think of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. And then. So I liked her, and then I liked Juliet because it was really funny how she comes off as like so innocent, but like mm-hmm. as the movie progresses, you realize she's not afraid to get her hands dirty, and yeah. like she's dealing with a lot of shit from her family. 
her incestuous father. Yeah, but you get a sense like he hasn't really done anything to her yet. He just mm-hmm. does really weird, like things that... Like lock her up in a glass box. And put her in like lingerie and shit. Not yeah. lingerie, but like... <laughs> like kinky lingerie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like like bondage type l- like lingerie. Oh, oh, BDSM kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I get you. Um, so like... I really like towards the end how it was very much like a Shrek and Fiona moment. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like she wanted to scare her fiance off, even though she was already oh, married. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Prince London type character. Yeah. And so he, he definitely got scared and like died because he went out the window. I think, right? Yeah, he, he committed suicide because she looked like a like a mutated cow. Yeah, and then you know, um, Tromeo came in and saw her and kissed her anyway. Like it was not, it didn't stop him at all because he's like, yeah, I know that's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyways, even if I mean, it was gross enough to not want to really kiss that. Oh, I'm sorry. It's 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 Count Paris. I always get those two mixed up. Yeah, but the Count Paris character whose name in the movie is London Ar London Arbuckle. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So so London Arbuckle commits suicide because Julia is so hideous. Yeah, exactly. Which is you know totally reasonable thing to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um. So that's why I was like, okay, like for me, that's why it's so sweet because he's like, <laughs> I'll take you anywhere. <laughs> You're so beautiful. She should have. She should have went. <laughs> so shit. <laughs> she should have like accidentally like blew snot at him. Or yeah, something. Ew, they could have done that. <laughs> um. So. <laughs> so oh, I completely forgot what I was gonna say now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I remember. Now I remember. Okay, so like. If you think about it, like, this movie's, like, the Juliet character, it's kind of very progressive. As in, like, she knows what she wants. She's, like, comfortable with her sexuality and shit like that. And how, you know, how Tromeo is this kind of, like, kind of a pussy. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't really actually, he really doesn't start becoming a badass until after um, his buddy Murray gets killed. That's when he, like, loses his shit. And he, yeah. like, kills, kills her cousin and everything. But, like, there's that scene that's, like... I've never seen it. I've, I've only seen it once in this movie. I've never seen it repeated in anything where Tromeo proceeds to masturbate, but he's masturbating at the idea of like monogamy. And shit like that. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I, like, it wasn't really a porno. It was almost like a choose your own adventure book, but yeah, in like yeah. video game format. Yeah, with like. But it wasn't a video game. It was kind of it's a video like, game. Like a like a video video like a VHS version of no, it was a CD-ROM version of a Choose Your Own Adventure. But it was like through like live actresses, like well, porn stars and stuff like that. Um, but you didn't. But it was funny because they were like cut and paste, mm-hmm. and everything was pixel art. Yeah, yeah, and then like how like how the woman's like, I love you, I love you, I love you. Yeah, like, but it wasn't Ugh. even like it was even more stilted the way she was saying it than you're even saying <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, and yeah, it's followed by like bouncing tits. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there has been uh, it's 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 actually kind of rumored that uh, gu- this actually is Gunn's first film to e- that he ever directed. Um, 
Why is that a rumor? Well, I'm sorry. It's not a rumor. Like, because I, I can't find it, like, is it being substantial or it hasn't changed or anything like that. But um, it says, Stromia and Julia could technically be counted as Gunn's first work as a director, according to an interview on Gunn's official website. And it hasn't been dated since 2012. Um, he had an associate director position. Uh, while tra- trauma traumas Lloyd Kaufman was the credited director, so maybe he actually like had help in like directing some of the movie. Yeah. Um, some of my other comments about this film are mm. the reasons why I can't totally get behind it is because there are lots of parts that are too broish for me. Mm, yeah, like some of the it, humor for me is yeah. very much like I'm not going to find that funny because I'm not a guy. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like yeah. some of it's too gross or too weird or too like sexual or too something you know what i mean yeah yeah like you can totally tell like like even like how i said that it it it, julia's character is progressive you can still tell that like oh a guy wrote this script like full-on guy wrote this script yeah um and i think that's why i like her the best anyway because i mm -hmm. like she's like the only not bro Mm -hmm. other than like the cook and her mom yeah, and her mom is just like a literal punching bag. Yeah, in this movie. Um, so, coming in terms of like the success of the film, um, Gun had said during like the same Vice uh, article that uh, the Vice interview that I found called uh, what is it Vice? Let me make sure it's the right one. Uh, yeah, it's called the article's title uh, "Before Guardians of the Galaxy." There was Tromeo and Juliet. Uh, so. And when they asked, when the interviewer asked Gunn about like the success of the film, he said, "Normally, when you make a movie, you want people to like it and and it get great reviews. But with Tromeo and Juliet, we got a bad review. It was like, oh, that's what we were looking for. And if we got a good <laughs> review, it was like, oh, you totally get it. <laughs> so you couldn't. He he goes on and says, you couldn't lose no matter what reaction you get is a good reaction. And that is a trauma film. Like a trauma film is like they don't." Louis Kaufman isn't he doesn't build high art like he just builds film that's just like gross but like funny um like I can't think of like of a serious movie he's ever done yeah but then but then again I haven't I, I've, I've fallen so far from trauma um and like their recent work that like I I'm, there could have been something that I'm missing <laughs> but like this one, Sergeant Kabuki Man of the NYPD, Surf Nazis Must Die um obviously the Toxic Avengers uh, series you know I'm all about that um <laughs> do you want to tell everyone uh about introducing him to your daughter who oh yes okay okay <laughs> so i've i've had two encounters with lloyd kaufman and in my years of going to cons and stuff like that normally if you go to a con especially like yeah normally if you go to a con like one of the big ones or the semi-big ones you'll see like a trauma table and Sometimes Lloyd Kaufman will be there. He loves the public. He loves his fans. Um, the first time I, I saw Lloyd Kaufman, I was like, holy shit, it's fucking Lloyd Kaufman. And like, I had, I at the time I had uh, my kid and her mother was with us. And like... And how old was Leia? <laughs> Leia was probably, she might have been like five or six or something like that. I was, let's say she's seven. I think she, let's just say she was. Oh, so seven. we'd known each other already by that time. It might have been before then. I, they, they, she was like four or five when we started talking. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so let's say she was like six, just for the sake of the story. She was like six years old, and I was like, I was like, hey, like, hey, Lloyd, like, can I get a, can I get a picture with you? He was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, bring the family, yeah, bring the family. And I had, I had Leia in my hand, and like, I was holding up Leia, and Lloyd Kaufman was right there, and I was like, and I look at Leia, I was like, like, see, like, sweetie, like, um, I grew up watching this guy's movies, and he said, you hear that little girl? Your daddy grew up. <laughs> peeing on your mommy or some shit like that or poop no he said poop and pooping on your mommy <laughs> and it was so hard for me not to laugh at that I don't know why you'd want to not laugh I at that I know because we're, we're taking pictures and shit but like that's Louis Coffin like he used to show up on G4 TV uh, Attack of the Show and like whenever he would do like he whenever he would show up the sensor, the, like the producers were like right next to the sensor, but you can say any like vulgar kind of thing, and like oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. I kind of would love to see MST3K with him, like to do uh, like him sitting with them and shit like that. Oh, no, I, like doing the show, like oh with like like, like being like, the main the main. Oh, MST3K wouldn't keep up with him. <laughs> probably not. He would just go off. He's probably a little too vulgar for that show. Yeah. Even yeah. though that show's meant to be funny. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not meant to be vulgar, it's meant to be funny. So Lloyd Kaufman was just just like check I'd out, still want it though. Yeah, yeah. So this is like check out any interview he's done. Like and he doesn't like he's one of those guys who's like, I don't have to prove anything to anybody. Like I know who the fuck I am. I know what I make. Like I'm not trying to make like no big production or anything like that. Like I yeah. know the shit I want to do. Um, <laughs> so, so Kels, I feel like I feel like I know your answer already. Does this film hold up? No. No. <laughs> I agree. It doesn't hold up. <laughs> it doesn't hold up, but I'm no. gonna say like, whereas I really hated Meet the Feebles, mm-hmm. and I'm still kind of willing to give that one another chance. Mm-hmm. Like this one. I'm willing to admit that whatever I don't like about it is just like subject to people's opinions and oh, preference. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I can never, I can never show this to my mom. No, I couldn't show it to my mom either. She'd be like, <laughs> "What the fuck are you showing?" I don't me? even think you can show this to your brother. I can't show a lot of things to him. <laughs> you know, oh, uh, my favorite scene is the scene where she's pregnant and he's eating popcorn out of oh, her belly. Yum, yum, yum. He's all <laughs> yeah. eating the popcorn. <laughs> like, that, like that type of shit happens in this movie. Just like, what? Well, I like that because that wasn't too bro-ish to me. That was just stupid, like, slapstick humor. Hey, it just shows that, like, even if she got pregnant, he would love it. Like popcorn. <laughs> um Okay, so before before we before we're done with Troma and Juliet, I do want to mention that like they did plan to do a sequel. It's going to be called a it was going to be a spiritual sequel, entitled Schlock and Schlockability, uh, a play on words on sense and sensibility, um, where they were going <laughs> to, in, in which Jane Austen is reincarnated as a well endowed female who takes revenge on all of the Hollywood movie producers who bastardize her novels. <laughs> uh, so at one point, like. Troma did announce it. Uh, they were heading to production uh, to 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 in about in 2020, but like so far, like nothing has followed up. Probably because of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, given like the kind of like crazy kind of like uh, some of like the stunts in this movie and the vulgarity, Lloyd Kaufman is always about safety. Like there, there's a there's like a mini documentary I saw about like his like work at work at ethic, eth. How do you say work ethic? Mm-hmm. And like his dedication to like his cast and crew, mm-hmm. and he's like all about safety. 
Yeah. Like straight up. Like, because he, he wants everybody to have a good time and not to get harmed for his dream. I think also, too, like whatever fun they're having while they're doing it mm-hmm. really plays out on screen. Oh, yeah. Like that's a lot of the magic. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell, like, this movie, they had a ton of fucking fun making this movie. Yeah. Um, all right. So, <laughs> is there anything else? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, I, I did say that it doesn't hold up, but it's something that, like, if you just if you're just interested into like what the fucking world of trauma is, like start off with this, and just you get you'll get an idea. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, that's going to be it for our show for this week. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, we especially like to thank the folks over at um, Your Entertainment Corner, where our lovely co-host uh, Kelsey writes for. Um, they have been nice enough to host this podcast on their website. Uh, so with that being said, you know, you can find all your film and TV news and reviews on your entertainment corner.com. Um, <clears throat> you can also find this podcast on all podcast catchers. You know, you're listening to one. So you found it. <laughs> <laughs> or did you? Or did you? Uh, so next week, our recent review will be Ryan Reynolds uh, starring film Free Guy. Uh, which is premiering in theaters August 13th. Um, so I've already seen the movie. I had a writer. I'm currently writing a review uh, for the movie or about the movie. Uh, and Kelsey's going to check it out. So I, I have, I, I'm really curious to hear what Kelsey has to say about this movie. Cause you know, I'm, I always I'm surprised that you wanted to hear what I have to say about that movie because mm-hmm. it's not the typical type of movie where we really, mm-hmm. Like, at face value, I don't know because I haven't watched it, but at face value, just mm-hmm. based off the, the trailers, it's mm-hmm. not really one of those films that we really would dissect. Well, that's the thing, because like, I remember I remember you seeing the trailer and actually you being interested in checking it out. But I was on the fence. Like, mm-hmm. I want to, and I think I want to more now that you've seen it, and you're actually like, yeah, it actually isn't that bad. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, whatever. Yeah. But um, I feel like... I was only on the fence because I'm like, it's Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. Mm. So I've probably seen it already. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I'm still interested because if you want me to see it, that means oh. there's more to it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I definitely want you to, ch- to check it out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it'd be nice if you folks can check it out as well. Only if you feel safe to go to the theaters to go see it. If not, then, you know, no harm, no foul. Um, if you're not seeing... If you don't see Free Guy... You'll definitely want to hear us talk about 1999's The Matrix. <laughs> that will be our geriatric cinematic. I'm, I'm, I, I haven't watched the movie in a few years, so I'm so down to like rewatch it and be like, does this still hold up? Because uh-huh. at the time when that movie came out, it just blew the fuck up. All these Matrix imitations, all these books on what the movie's trying to say. I want to see if that shit still holds up. Like. To today's standards. <laughs> also, you were very surprised that I chose. I was this very film. surprised you picked. I was like, "What? Oh, fuck yeah! Let's do that." <laughs> um, so, uh, The Matrix uh, is stream- currently streaming on HBO Max. It's available to rent on Apple TV, Prime Video, or other VOD VOD uh, services, or it's probably in your bargain bin, uh, located at your local store. Probably Walmart. Walmart, Target, it's probably... It's, like, I got Beetlejuice for five bucks in their bargain bin. It's probably at AM, PM, at a 7-Eleven, like, right there oh for, God. like, two bucks or some shit like that. Um, 
Fuck, I didn't come up with a topic. Uh, I don't know. Topic is, is, is this reality. Blah, 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 blah. I'll come up with a better one. <laughs> so we're going to bid you guys adieu. Um, hope everybody's being safe out there. Um, I'm not going to say it anymore. So it doesn't need to be said what I, what I normally say. Well, wash your damn hands. Well, that and the vaccines and shit. But you know what? Y'all going to do whatever you want. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, but before we go, I would like to leave you guys off with a nice little story. Um, as a teenager, I used to go skateboarding a lot. My friends and I used to go skate around town, just being all stupid, teenager, <laughs> all that kind of shit. And uh, there was one area that my friends and I had hung out for a bit, you know, just acting stupid, cracking jokes, skating around shit. And there's a security guard. Normally we saw the security guard. Everybody was like, fuck, we got to book it. You know, because obviously the security guard is going to kick us out. Uh, so naturally, we saw the security guard. Security guard saw us, ran after us, and we started running. And as I'm taking off, I can just faintly hear something that he said. He must just have watched Tromeo and Juliet. Because he yelled out the words, you puny crap, you fucks. <laughs> How'd you like it if I use your guts to Jackson Pollock the street? <laughs> Wrong key again. Okay, let's try it again. Here's a spoiler bumper right about now. Fuck. <laughs> Did you not cue it up? I didn't. I had the right button. Okay. So, all right. So, we're going to do it again. <laughs> all right. Because I have to edit it now. Okay. So, uh, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. Damn it. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. Okay. And I wrote that down. Are you sure you don't want to leave it in? Nah, I can't leave it in. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. So here's your spoiler bumper right about now.